Well, just a few things happened over the weekend, and we've got so many highlights. We really could have done a two-hour show today, but that's why we actually replay the full games over the channel, and we had plenty of full games. I know I personally called nine play-by-play. We threw in a couple of simulcasts from ESPN+, Plus, in which, let's see, in those two games, 23 runs were scored, 17 by baseball, 6 by softball, which went 4-1 and one over the weekend. Baseball with a sweep. We'll discuss those sports with, as I said, plenty of highlights in our second block. Also, tennis was in action. Track and field finished up its indoor season. And in this segment, we'll tell you what went on with basketball. Oh, yeah. Basketball was also winning over the weekend. So, a lot to get to. Just telling you that tomorrow, there's not going to be a Bulls beat. My goodness. I was having my head spin from running from one court and or room to another booth and just need to give myself a day, so we'll be doing that. We got plenty, though, of work to do this morning, recording this show and giving it to you, and the conference show, because, again, there were about 100 games over the weekend, but no Bulls beat tomorrow. I'll tell you what is tomorrow, though, and keep an eye on my Twitter page, at Derek Sharp, that's D-A-R-E-K-S-H-A-R-P, the beginning of spring practice, so we'll be able to go out there and watch some practice, and I'll be putting out videos of that, and we'll have plenty of good stuff for you. On Wednesday's show. Also Tuesday night, it's not like I'm taking the day off. Again, I'll be going to practice for the football team and then calling a baseball game against FIU on Tuesday night. But more on baseball and softball in our second block. Got to start off with the men's basketball win. Cincinnati is a place that the Bulls, until last season, hadn't won in since 1988. That's quite a long time. In fact, in the entire series until last season, and if you forgot, this was a December the 16th game as last year's schedule had very few non-conference games in it. Bulls had lost their last 11. So until that, remember, 2012 NCAA tournament season, and I was at this game, it was actually at Amelie Arena, which I think was called the Tampa Bay Times Forum at the time, where the Bulls won a thriller 46-45 that kind of secured their spot in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that was their last win until last year. And now make it, well, after losing at home to the Bearcats this season, two straight in Cincinnati. But that's the series history. That's only mildly interesting compared to how things actually broke down in this game. The Bulls win it on a last-second shot by Russell Chiwa. Of course, you're going to hear that highlight in just a second. I will also tell you that we have, in addition to replaying all the action from the weekend, a new Brian Gregory show. Now, just a little behind the curtain here. They actually recorded the bulk of that show on Friday, all except for the Cincinnati recap. So if you tune into the beginning of the show and you're like, hey, why aren't they talking about the big Cincinnati win yet? That was actually recorded ahead of time, and they saved the time after the Cincinnati game, Jim Lighthall and Brian Gregory, to summarize that game. Well, you get to hear that. You get to hear full highlights. We're just going to take you to the end here because this is a 30-minute show, and we just have too darn many highlights. But the Bulls got out to a 14-9 lead in this game, gave up an 11-0 run, but instead of falling behind like we would normally do in the situations often cases this year they would be down six with three and a half minutes to go but they closed strong Trey Moss hit a couple of shots at the end of the first half and it was a 27-25 game and that kind of continued on throughout the course of the second half in fact after falling behind by seven and really it was kind of a pivotal moment it was 40 to 33 about 12 minutes to go Cincinnati wound down the shot clock put up a Shot clock inspired three that just went in and out. And then Corey Walker Jr. hits a three on the other end. And that really got the Bulls back into the game. We'll take it right down to the end. A big three for the Bulls that put them ahead by four. An answer by the Bearcats. And a thrilling finish and a great call by Jim Lighthall. This was on Saturday Night Live on USF Bulls Unlimited. Caleb Murphy out near midcourt. 
Gets a big screen from Hines. Gets into the paint. Kicks it in the corner. Chaplin wide open for three. Let's it fly. Bingo! Jameer Chaplin, welcome back. 54 to 50. The Bulls with another triple. Great penetration by the Bulls and a beautiful kick out. Here we go. 208 to play. USF leads 54-50. Just like at East Carolina a few nights ago. DeJulius lobs it inside to Aguama. Layup is good. Caleb. Straight on, gets a screen from Kiwa, pulls up from 15, a little strong, and a rebound by Cincinnati. Off to Adu, back to DeJulius. He can't shake free, kicks in the corner. Davenport for three, corner, good. They've taken the lead with 103 to go. Oh, it's 54-54. They're going to say the Davenport shot was not a three. It was a two. Shot clock down to 14. Caleb, free throw line extended, gets to the free throw line. Ball fake to try and get a man in the air. Kicks it out to Walker, nine on the shot clock. Drives it against Davenport. Tries to back him down. They poke at it. It's knocked out of bounds. Last touch by Walker. Man-to-man -man defense out of USF. Adams Woods looking to throw it in. Gets it to DeJulius. Javon Green has the duty of guarding it. Nine seconds to go on the shot clock. DeJulius drifting right. Full switch, Sam Hines now crosses over, steps back, launches a long distance three. Off the front rim, around the rim and off. Tipped around, controlled by Jameer Chaplin with 5.1 seconds left. Wow, that was right on line by DeJulius. Hit the rim three times and fell off. Show the Bulls making their moves. Chaplin in the backcourt, gets it into Corey Walker. Gets run into in the midcourt stripe and got knocked out of bounds as Newman slammed into him and the ball went trickling out and Newman was the last one to touch it with three seconds to go. Big collision there. I can't believe Cincinnati is thinking about that. But again, with three team fouls, who cares? They'll foul. Jameer Chaplin, three seconds to go on the far sideline. Looks to throw it in. Still looking. Finds Corey Walker wide open. He passes inside to Chiwa. Jump hook, right hand. Good! Good! The Bulls just stunned Cincinnati. A broken play. And USF gets a jump hook from Russell Chiwa. They're going to take another look at it. But I had a front row seat, baby, and I think that one counted. Corey Walker with a brilliant play to separate himself from the Cincinnati defender. He peeled off, went to the basket. Chaplin saw him, connected with Walker with a foot on the three-point line. He shuffled a ball ahead to Russell Chiwa, collected it, caught it, jump hooked it, and swished it in. Russell Chiwa hits the game winner. They do count it. It's over. Congratulations on the win. Congratulations on the effort. 40 minutes by your kids. Yeah. Um, just proud of them, you know, to um, we've played well in the last seven games. You know, we've competed, we fought, we've played hard. Just haven't made enough plays to win games in this league. A little bit is youth, a little bit is inexperience, a little bit is lack of connection. Um, a little bit is chap not playing in those games. As I told him, common, lesser guys would not keep coming back to the table to fight. And our guys do. And we did it tonight for 40 minutes. Made some unbelievable defensive stops and some critical times. Murphy got going a little bit when we needed him. Russ was tremendous again tonight. Corey Walker made some great defensive plays. Chap, who hasn't played in three weeks, it seems like, makes a huge corner three off a great read. And then, you know, at the at the end, we get the stop that we need to get. Sam, tremendous switch. Walk we, us through that play with three seconds to go then on the, on the yeah, sideline so, out of bounds. So we just ran the same play that we wanted to run on the baseline. We circle our guards. If one of them is open to catch it on the run, 
that's what he's got to do. I told him there's 5.1. You're going to get four dribbles in before you have to shoot it. Then we have Corey going to the middle. So if they take that away, Corey's the third option, yeah. so to speak. So obviously that's what we went to first, and the ball's knocked out of bounds. We did the same thing. We, we sent Murph and Javon on a circle cut. Corey flashed. Davenport denied it. Unbelievable read by him to back cut. Unbelievable pass by Chap. And then it's a two-on-one. And usually that guy's going to catch it and shoot it. Corey had enough sense, basketball IQ, to pass it to Russ. Russ has been working on that little float shot. His chin's up in the, at the rim. His eyes are up. He gets his hand through the ball, and he makes it. You know, And, and we didn't execute the half-court play, the possession before, the way we wanted to. Um, but to give our guys credit, they moved on to the next play. They got the stop, they get the basket. So, hell of a win for us. Um, you know, we, we hadn't won here in a long time. Now we've won two in a row. I told the guys, that, you know, this is, I love playing in this place. We've had some pretty good success here, thank God. And tonight they, they, you know, I had a bunch of people here. Caleb had a bunch of people here from Youngstown. Uh, Trey had a bunch of people here. He was born here mm -hmm. in Cincinnati. So to do it, and to do it the way we did it with toughness and fight, just fantastic. Just a deserved moment for this team, and we've been saying it, and he alluded to it there. Just get to the end of the season being in good form to the point where you could knock off some teams. The Bulls are likely going to be the 11th seed. Actually, they are tied with Tulsa for 10th. But needless to say, Tulsa has the tiebreaker. They'll have to finish ahead of the Golden Hurricane, and both teams have two remaining. The Bulls host Memphis on Thursday night. You're going to have close games at the conference tournament, and you have to make plays at the end, and they certainly did. It was great to have Chaplin back. He only had five points. You heard Brian Gregory said it felt like he had been out three weeks, exactly two weeks, but that's four games he missed because of their condensed and compressed schedule. Crazy if you look at the starting five for Cincinnati, only 19 points combined. Two guys didn't score. The Julius, two for 10. Davenport, two for nine. And Koval, two for six. On the Bulls side, two starters and double figures. Chiwa, kind of a big shot at the end there. 13 points. What a crazy play that was. Kayla Murphy added 10. Some key buckets. Walker Jr., a couple of threes, scored eight with eight rebounds. You can hear much more on the Bulls. Again, we're replaying that Brian Gregory show. That's essential listening if you're a men's basketball fan. Well, because, again, I didn't travel with women's basketball, we were in a conference room at the Selman Athletic Center calling the action at East Carolina, and it actually looked for a bit like it was going to be a fun, leisurely call of the game because the Bulls were going up against a tough ECU defense that was forcing 22 turnovers a game among the nation's best at steals per game right around 11, but they were moving it around their zone and getting open looks and hitting a few, and it was 14-4 to after Maria Alvarez hit a three with 2.18 to go in the first quarter. East Carolina is not a good shooting team, except for one player, Tania Thompson, who had scored 20-plus in five straight games, including a couple with 29 in a row. But they get the rest of their points basically off of turnovers, and the Bulls weren't turning it over in the first quarter, and East Carolina wasn't hitting its shots, but Thompson made a three-point play at the end of the first quarter, and the Bulls indeed turned it over a couple times, so it was 14-8, to and that kept on going. First of all, ECU, after starting two for 12, hit seven of its next nine, including back-to-back -back threes after not making one yet. Danae McNeil, who had not played since December, a Clemson transfer who was their second-leading scorer before she got hurt, Shows up in the game, blocks a couple of shots back-to-back. -back. They're one of the nation's leaders in block shots. 
and the next thing you know, it's tied. The Bulls miss 10 shots in a row. So, so much for the easy win angle. But the Bulls' own surprise off the bench, Ariel Wilson, who averages less than a point per game, hits a three to make it a four-point game. Elena Chinecki hits one, Pinzon adds another later, and they go back and forth until the end of the half, and the Bulls were up 30-27. to 27. Bulls would come out cold out of the half, miss their first six shots. Thompson hits a three, ECU's up, and basically it goes back and forth the rest of the way. No one led by more than three points in that third quarter until Dulce Fankamengiato, who except for free throw shooting had an incredible game, scores twice, and it's a four-point game going into the fourth. And then the Bulls started off with a three, so they're up by seven. But I tell you, anytime it looked like the Bulls were about to put them away, it didn't happen. Here's a pretty good example, as the Bulls, as you'll hear, have a nine-point lead and the ball briefly after two missed Pirates free throws. So let's see if the Bulls can come out of the break with a solid shot. Again, they're hitting their threes, and Pinzon is wide open again, and she makes it again! Elisa Pinzon make it four threes for her. The zone for the Pirates definitely has some gaps, if you can find them. And the Bulls have exploited that to good effect today, 51-46. to With the ball and a seven-point lead, their largest lead since 10 points in the first quarter. They want to get it to Alvarez. She pops into the corner. Instead, Harvey underneath the Manunga. Oh, what a bounce pass to Dulce for two. Bounce pass across the baseline, and East Carolina needs another timeout. The Bulls are rolling. So two missed free throws, and that is the book on East Carolina. And there's the book. Pinzon turns it over. Thompson fakes the open three, now takes the open three, and makes the open three. My goodness. Pinzon stopped dribbling in the backcourt. And... There were three players around her, and she just gives it up, and Tonight Thompson hits a three-point shot. Bulls absolutely had control after those two missed free throws and cough it up almost like room service for the Pirates. Now the Bulls have it on their baseline. Manunga gets it into Sydney Harvey. She picks up her dribble but gets rid of it right away to Manunga, who handles and turns it over. Right to Green, underneath the Thompson, lays it up and in. It's a four-point game. East Carolina is making the Bulls sweat once again. They haven't gotten it across midcourt until just now, and barely, and Dulce misses. She was pinned underneath the basket, but Harvey steals it and gets fouled. Wow! This is not easy. Again, I was in a studio. That's why no crowd noise in the background. And you could see that it was senior day, and the Pirates fans were really raucous in this game. And they kept a minute. Now, you'll hear me reference the magic number. We told you that. If the Pirates score at least 60 points, they're 15-0. If they don't, they're 0-11. They hadn't scored exactly 60 yet this year. They did, and they would lose. This was the pivotal sequence that put it away. In the bonus are the Bulls. There's a find by Penzon, and Dulce lays it up and in. 62-57. Full court pass. That has been there all day as well. So the Bulls up by five with a minute to go. There's a handoff to Green. Again, they are three shy of their magic mark. 55 seconds to go. Four seconds on the shot clock. Thompson falls down, misses the shot. That's what you get for faking. Sorry, Tania Thompson, you're a great player. But she misses a long two, and the Bulls have the ball, and ECU probably has to foul here. 62-57 to go, and they do foul Lisa Pinzon. And Pinzon would be the person to get to the free throw line at the end of the game. Six times, all in the final minute. She makes them all, and that was kind of relevant because I mentioned Dulce Fanka-Mangiado. 
Four of nine on free throws. Remember, just a couple days ago, the Bulls against Wichita State were 11 for 22. But Pinzon was the one that took over and sort of calmed that down. She ended up tying Dulcie on points with 18 of them thanks to a tremendous second half. 12 points all in the fourth quarter. Made two three-pointers. Oh, yes. The three-point shooting game for the Bulls is back. That's no small thing. Eight for 26 in this game. Four makes by Pinzon. Fanka Mangiata with those 18 points had 17 rebounds, tying her career high. The Bulls outboarded ECU 47-31, and they win 68-60. Thompson did score 29 points on the other side on 11-17 of shooting, and the Bulls turned it over 18 times. Pinzon played the whole game. Fanka Mangiata played 36 minutes. Chinecki, non-factor in the second half, so really it was Pinzon, Dulcie, and a little bit of Betty Menunga, who had eight points and nine rebounds, but five and six in that second half. Off day for Sydney Harvey, one of eight on threes, but she still supplied some good defense. Outside of that, the only bull to play more than six minutes was Maria Alvarez, who actually grabbed five rebounds, and the Bulls had the glass covered in this one. Crazy enough, the Bulls actually had one more steal than ECU. We said they averaged 11 a game. The Bulls had 11 compared to 10 for the Pirates, and the Bulls are 21-7. and Remember after that loss to Tulane a couple Sundays ago, there were genuine concerns that the Bulls couldn't finish strong in their last five games. You might worry about them not making the NCAA tournament. Well, they've gone 4-0, and they'll look to finish it Wednesday night against Houston. The next week is the conference tournament in Fort Worth. No show tomorrow, so we'll preview that Houston game on Wednesday's show. We got to get to baseball and softball because a lot happened. Get ready to hear some good highlights from a winning weekend, along with some news on tennis, which won another home match for the women. Men were in action out in Tempe, Arizona. Golf has an event starting today, track and field, again indoor. Let's get to it. We'll take a break and be right back. 